Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My name is Alan Cumming, and you are listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. He's the Tony Olivier BAFTA and Emmy winning superstar that's become a legend within our industry. Known for his standout acting skills and leading musical talent, he's earned a name for himself across the globe and bagged a few of those rather impressive gongs along the way. And as he fast approaches a certain milestone birthday, he's here to let you know he's not acting his age. So here, in an exclusive conversation direct from his home, we dive into what exactly is acting your age and who decides. Plus, we talk about audience reactions, all things club coming, and why the Theatre Royal Jury Lane is about to discuss sagging testicles. Plus, diving into some of the now more infamous shows, both on stage and the big screen that have become key staples of his illustrious career. We find out why audiences just can't get enough of all things like cabaret and the honour of his rather dear Scotland throwing its arms around him with some rather special awards. We also find out how he's turning his legendary show, The High Life, into a stage musical in 2025. Plus, there might also be some tales of backstage chats with the one and only Liza Minnelli. It is the legendary Alan Cumming, here now on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. To ensure the safety of all involved in this episode of Eleven, Alan and I connected for this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Please help me welcome to this, the next episode of Eleven. He's the Tony and Olivier winning icon of our industry that's doing anything but acting his age as part of a brand new live show that's set to thrill us all. This is very, very exciting. So please help me in saying a very good morning to Mr. Alan Cumming. Hi, Alan. How are you? I'm very well. It's nice to talk to you. Acting your age, I can't imagine it's something you've ever really done. And I'm obsessed with the idea of this show. So I guess let's start there. Big smile on your face. Talk to me. Where did the idea of this show come from? And I guess, is this a rejection of that terrible thing we call age? It came from uh, sort of me being obsessed with the idea of aging as well. Like when I do the show in London, I'll be one week away from being 59, which is insane. And I, you know, my next big birthday is 60. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. 
Uh, and I definitely don't feel like that. And I've always been sort of told, oh, he's boyish, you know, puckish, childlike, all this stuff. Yeah, I'm clearly a middle-aged man. So I'm, I've am i become obsessed with the idea of what is this thing about we've got to act our age, we've got to sort of, you know, have an age uh, appropriateness. And who gets to say? Who tells us? And so I started talking about that and I realised that all these things, were we've made ageing, getting older, into, into the worst possible thing that can happen to us. You know, why other cultures don't do that? And we're constantly told, you know, you just see evidence of it everywhere, people trying to look younger than they actually are. And I just think it's a mental shift we've got to make. So it's a show about ageing. And I sort of try and say all the positive things I think about getting older, about having wisdom, about having, you know, gained your experience, as Shakespeare said. So that when when it comes around again, you've got some experience and uh, maybe bad experiences in your past to sort of uh, help you fuel your decision of how you're going to deal with it this time. Like, I, you know, I will, maybe won't have this toxic relationship again. Things like that. I will choose better. So that that to me is really fascinating. And I think also there are some negative things about getting older. Obviously, you know, you you're. Last year I did a dance theatre piece for the National Theatre of Scotland about the life of Robert Burns and. <laughs> I mean, it was partly because I thought, I'm 57, I wonder if I can do this. I, I do a whole show with just me, and it's dance-heavy. Uh, how will that go? And it would it went fine, but uh, it was a long, long, long recovery process, uh, physically. And so that was obviously, I think, oh, that's because I'm older. But I, but I just feel like all these things are sort of just sort of limitations we have put on ourselves because of this way that society looks at getting older. So it's all those things. Those are all the things that I was fascinated by. And those are the things I discuss in the show. Along, it's, it's an old-fashioned sort of cabaret. I sing songs and tell stories. I have a nice band. And I just sort of muse on these things and try and sort of make some cogent points. And ultimately, I, my, I want people to say, to question, you know, who it is that gets to decide how you act and to actually think, don't let someone control your spirit. Don't let someone dictate to you how curious you can be keep being curious you know that's the thing that's that's i think what kills when people stop being curious you may as well just lay down and die so that's really what the show is about and with some funny songs <laughs> isn't interesting how we go through life where it's like the expectations the older you get apparently that's supposed to be a negative thing and that's what society proclaims but yet actually i feel like perhaps you've got to a point now where you're rejecting that because you're saying no i'm actually enjoying this period of my life it's almost like you're battling against the system yes definitely i mean i feel like that i mean i've always been someone who has you know trodden their own path and been my own man and all those sort of cliches but it's true i don't i i <laughs> and it's kind of lonely as well like i don't really know anyone who does the things i do you know i, I dip in and out of lots of different sort of circles in my work but i i feel the fact that i've always just kind of done what i want to do and if i get bored of something i do something else and i think oh, i'll have a go at that and i've not been afraid to step out of my zone my comfort zone both sort of physically as well as my societally I've not been afraid to do that or I have been afraid but I've done it anyway and I feel that um that is a good sort of training for for getting older because getting older means that you're a much less encouraged to do any of that in 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 any way and I've just yeah I've just kept on doing it and I just sort of think well what's the problem what the, what the why are you I just, it's interesting. I think I have a, I have a, a club in New York called Club Coming, which I talk about in the show as well, because it's sort of an interesting part of the getting older thing. Like, in, it's a nice, it's nice to have a place where you always have a place to go <laughs> when you want to go out. And also a place where you have a constant stream of meeting new younger people. And I think that's something as well, that when people get older, you, you, you have to actively seek out 
situations where you where you get to know younger people because people just tend to sort of stay with the pack that they were with and so for me it's really important I'm really you know I always I have my assistant I, I always love having a younger person as my assistant and that's really great to have sort of I, I think it's really good to to keep up with what is happening what it's like to live as a 20 something in this in this era so I but the, the whole club thing is part of me I think not uh I mean not wanting to just sort of settle down and go that way I think it's really exciting to also give back you know and what's great about club coming is that it's a cabaret bar and so it's sort of there's lots and lots of young performers that get a chance to perform there and it's become a sort of place for people like I go to the theatre sometimes and I see in the program oh blah blah has performed at you know blah blah Joe's pub Lincoln Centre and club coming (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's absolutely hilarious. But it's really important, I think, to just stay open to things and not not lie down. I mean, I, I, it's funny. I'm going to quote Liza Minnelli now, if I may. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> she, when she uh, was, used, when I used to go and see her backstage, she did a concert. She always used to have this thing on her wall, on her mirror. That was a thing that her dad had said. And it, it said, never stop moving. And that was what, obviously, it's a thing. as a great thing as a dancer as well. But I just think it's a thing in life. You've got to keep buzzing. You've got to keep, uh, keeps you, and not, it's not just about keeping young and keeping uh, alive. It's about keeping um, interested and sort of, you know, not just thinking, oh, that's me done. <laughs> that's the thing. I think, I, I think, I think some people think, oh, that's me done now. I'm too old to do that. And I just think, God, that's so sad you feel that way. But also when you've had a career that's as significant as yours and you've had these wonderful experiences that, yes, you can reference in the show, but you are a melting pot of all of these experiences that you can, as you explain with the age thing, you can then pass on, advise, support and better other people's lives. And I feel like actually with age, you become the opportunity to help others. And I feel like that's one of the things that we miss out on is actually you can help someone else, like do it, you know, speak. Yes, yes, I think that's an interesting thing. I talk about this a wee bit in the show. Like in other cultures, you know, mostly sort of indigenous ones around the world, because I started this show off in Australia, actually. So it's kind of, was pertinent. Getting older is seen as a thing of value, and uh, the elders are really important people in the community. They do pass down wisdom and experience and stories, and I think we have lost that. It's sort of you know, it's, it's as I say, it's seen as a huge negative. This idea, this thing that is inexorable. Getting older is we have chosen, we have creatively visualized it as a total negative. It's so stupid, actually, just in a kind of self you know sabotaging way. But yeah, I and and I I. I do. I really do. You know, I realize I, I, I mean, it's, that's one of the times when I sort of feel like I'm, you know, out with people and I, when I go on tour, like I'm in the middle of a tour right now of this, this, both this show and then another show that I do with a, a, an American broadcaster called Ali Shapiro. And I'm, you know, talking to people who are, could easily be my children. And I sort of forget. Uh, and it was just nice to forget because you just feel like we're two people talking. But then I sort of feel like, oh, I see. I, I've actually got can give them advice or can give them encouragement or it comes from a place of having gone through what they're going through. That is a lovely thing. So that's, I guess that's wisdom. You know, you've, you've, uh, you've, you've seen life a bit and you've got, and you've made some decisions based on your mistakes in the past. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
does being at this part in your career also allow you the privilege to be able to do things that please you as a creative that that turn you on that get say yes this is exactly what I want to do because going out on a tour on a show that is based solely around you is a very vulnerable thing to do there is no character to hide behind there's nobody else's lines that you're going to deliver this is you and you know that the people are coming to celebrate you and spend an evening with you so are you at the point now where is the expectation great because people know who you are and they want a specific thing or does it bring a luxury of actually I can tell the stories I want to I guess how do you approach stuff like how do you approach stuff like this two things I I feel I've always really kind of done what I've wanted to do I mean it's got more eclectic as I've gone gone older because I've been more comfortable but you know even from the start of my career you know when I was when I just was I'd left drama school I was working as an actor but I was also working doing stand-up comedy with my friend Forbes Masson we you know we had this thing called Victor and Barry and it's funny because next year we're releasing a book it's 40 years since we made them up and first performed at the Edinburgh Festival Uh, and then we're going to do then we did a sitcom called The High Life about you know campy flight attendants and we're doing that uh making that into a musical in 2025 we're doing that and so I, I I've always kind of done a uh, this sort of way that I am in terms of being you know eclectic and doing lots of different things that maybe don't all seem to match has always been the case. But I feel that um, the older I've got, uh, you know, the idea of doing a show on your own that's a whole different ball game. And I I I was always very scared of that. I I used to be really scared if I'd stand up and make a speech or something, you know, that would really or if awards or something award ceremonies when you've got to go out and. That would really scare me. Um, in 2009, so like what, 14 years ago, I was asked to do one of these things at the Lincoln Center here in New York, the American Songbook. And so basically they arranged for you to sort of have a show, you know, you do a show. And uh, so I did that. And then I had like a, 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 a musical director and a band and a show. And, and, and it's so funny because Lincoln Center, you know, is a pretty big venue. That was where I was making my debut in concert. And whilst I was doing it, my musical director was working in with the people in Australia for the Mardi Gras Festival. And they heard about it and said, oh, would you like to come here too? So my first two venues that I performed in as a solo cabaret artist, concert artist, were Lincoln Centre in New York and the Sydney Opera House in Australia. Wow. So that's one, of, that's one of the downsides because you can't start small. <laughs> but I decided, you know, I've got, I've got big balls. I decided just to embrace it and go with it. And so that was a very different thing because I... Um, when you walk on stage as you, there's no veil of a character between you and the audience. I, I, I'll do anything as a character. I, I've done the most sort of insane, vulnerable things. But when it's just you talking about stuff and talking about your own experience and your own life, it is very, very different. And it's but once I once I did it and I got the hang of it and I've got much better at it, it's so liberating because you are able to really connect with people. I mean, really, you feel the connection in the room. Yes, they're coming to celebrate you because they know you already, but hopefully they're finding out more things about you or you're leading them to new thoughts and new experiences. And and also just I've got better at singing and I've got better at telling stories. And and I really love telling stories. I've got, you know, my husband and my friends are always like kind of say, oh, tell the story about blah, blah. And I think that's a really great thing. It's actually one of the things that we, we should do more often because that's how, you know, cultures used to pass down orally pass down stories about their about their experiences so i i'm advocating for that but it is a great thing to be able to go out on the road and when you walk out on stage and people are so excited to see you it's i mean there's a pressure because you want to do your best and you want them to you want to make sure they've made a good decision to come and see you but it's actually really liberating and i really have come to enjoy it 
when it, it's fascinating it was something that terrified me and now I really look forward to it also for you like how do you look back through a career perhaps find something that you want to talk about and merge that as a creative with the creative part of your life with with a set list and with songs how do you come to create something that you know is going to please as you just said the people that are coming to see you the people that are going to want to see the hits the people that want something new but also for you as the person that's got to perform it because this is an experience for you I imagine as much as the audience so I guess how do you find a set list that marries all of those rather wide things um you know it takes a while I, I usually have a list in my phone uh, of songs that I'd like to sing. Suddenly a song will come on somewhere and I'll be like, oh, I should sing this song. But I'm not, people are not coming to see my, hear my mellifluous tones. You know, I think they're, they're coming to hear me, sort of maybe see, hear and see me act a song and, and uh, show my spirit to them. So I feel that I, there are songs that I want to sing because I feel I can bring something to them that will illuminate them in a way that maybe people haven't heard them in that way before. That's where I think my value as a singer is and a cabaret artist is so i i have a list of songs i think oh that would be great and i actually really love singing songs that people already know especially sort of pop songs that are very overproduced when you first hear them there's a few that i've done and i actually think when you actually peel all that away and just sing it in a sort of bare way this it's revelatory to people because you think oh i didn't know that you know the climb by miley cyrus was so profound and things like that <laughs> and i there's a few songs in in this show as well that i he'll do the same thing so i have this overall list and it kind of starts to take it and I know that this is like this show I wanted to talk about aging and stuff like that and getting older so that was obviously the overall thing so you just sort of they come to you and then the stories I there's certain things that certain topics I want to talk about you know like death sex sort of younger people and also you know things negative things about going to the you know going to the dermatologist sagging testicles stuff like that you kind of just find ways I find ways to tell stories where I hopefully can sort of please people who want me to mention the things they know me for but I don't sort of dwell on those things I mean it's not about my greatest hits as an actor I do mention cabaret a couple of times because they're relevant to the stories I mentioned I mentioned The Good Wife because it was at that moment when I was offered that part that I realised oh gosh I'm a grown-up I'm going to be asked to play grown-ups people in suits middle-aged men in suits things like that so I kind of reference them tangentially that and I do sing one song from cabaret in the show but um I, I feel as a, there's a way to do it, to just tell your story and hopefully not to, you know, it's, it's like when you go to a concert and they don't play the hits that you like. I sort of try and drop the hits in so that people will, you know, I mention things in passing that hopefully will do it that way. But it's very much a, you know, a deep dive into my crazy mind. I think you may be the first person to ever mention sagging testicles on the Theatre Royal Drury Lane stage. So well done You're welcome. That. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We've referenced about, obviously, about 
the fact that you know you have this very loving audience people that want to come spend time with you and I think that's something that theatre performers it's almost uncool to like be a, almost very overtly appreciative of the fact that people fall in love with a performance or you as an individual in the varying different touch points that that they've interacted with you either for a first time or throughout your career but when you get things like a portrait in the National Portrait Gallery up in Scotland or you get your BAFTA your Scottish BAFTA are those the moments where it all starts to make sense for you? Is that the bit that almost means the most because you're being celebrated as an individual as well as everything else? Yes. I mean, I that's very uh, sort of astute of you because, I, I mean, I do feel I do feel beloved. You know, I feel people like me and I feel I do feel the love. And um, and I think and I, you know, I think it's because I am my own man and I say I speak up for things that I feel are important. And I so my my spirit, my personality, I think. They, they, and I think it's interesting that people, when sometimes when you play a character, you're playing a character, but the people know something about you so that they, it's almost like you're kind of raising your eyebrow sort of metaphorically because it's you playing it and what they know about you and doing it. And so it adds to the, adds to the sort of uh, what you can bring to a character sometimes. But, I, but in terms of just personally, yeah, things like having my portrait there and various sort of accolades that are not necessarily work connected but are sort of you know just specific uh <clears throat> film or job or anything but those sorts of things are me- really mean a lot to me and especially of course I'm a proud Scotsman and it's so great to feel that you know my country likes me and knows and even knows who I am and also honors me in this way and I I yeah that sort of to me much more important I mean I feel like of all the things I've done actually the stuff that I and I have also been very vulnerable in my work I've written books about my life I've done things that I think I'm very aware that people are get nervous for me you know like just my actual physical safety in a couple of in the Macbeth I did and last year in the dance piece I did for about Robert Burns so you actually put people in a in a <laughs> audience in a position of going oh my gosh Alan are you okay <laughs> and the fact that they care like for that and do that 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 is that means a lot so that combination of putting yourself in that position and them actually caring it really means a lot but also i feel the fact that people appreciate someone who is willing to open up and especially in a in our culture and maybe more so in britain a culture that people aren't as open up as they could be and i think covid bizarrely was one of the one of the positive things about covid was it made us all much more conscious about mental health and about the need to kind of check in with people on their mental health and our own mental health. And I think the fact that that's really been a positive thing in terms of the way we think about each other. I think my spirit has come out in a lot of my work that's not necessarily to do with the character. Yeah. And so the, the, the fact that people recognise my spirit is very lovely. And, uh, you know, I but I love when I... I love that the way that people talk to me or talk about me. Sometimes I hear, like, on podcasts, I sometimes listen to podcasts and people are talking about me. And it's uh, it's so hilarious. It's so and it's, and it's so lovely as well. I mean, it's, it's a really yeah. Like I I feel very. I mean, I feel like if I died tomorrow, I would feel very very satisfied and very proud of of what I've done in my work and in my life and what I've stood for and things like that and how appreciated I am. So I'm a I'm a very happy sort of satisfied person. Wow, <laughs> that's good. That's good. And yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. <You. laughs> yeah. Woo, thank God. Thank God you said that. And it wasn't really depressing. <laughs> um, you've been incredibly calm with your time. There's just one final question that I wanted to ask you. And and so often with these conversations, this is my favorite question. So let's Uh-oh. give this one a go because 
I feel like, especially having these sorts of conversations of people that are doing shows that speaks to them as an individual, but also often connected to a wider conversation is there are points of reflection, which has been a, a key point of this about you owning yourself, about self-celebration and also about, I call it the case of the fuck it. You know, I've got to do it now and I want to do it for me as much as you, and I, but I want to have a nice time. And it often involves conversations thinking back through very specific points of people's career, things that fans mention, things that mean stuff to you that we wouldn't. And it it often revolves looking backwards in people's lives. So when you think back to the beginning of your career and you think back to your desire and want to be part of this beautiful industry that we're part of, and I imagine to have probably 1% of some of the success that you've had and the opportunities, what do you think all of this journey and the man that I've been speaking to for the last half an hour, what would the person back at the beginning think of the person sat here talking to me? Um, I think he probably wouldn't believe it. He wouldn't believe. I mean, where I've ended up is <clears throat> so, <laughs> so far removed from what I thought my <clears throat> you know, trajectory would be. Uh, I think my little drama school self would, would be, I wouldn't rec- I mean, I didn't, you know, like I live in America. I work a lot in America. I, you know, have a sort of Hollywood career and things like that were just so I didn't even know what they meant you know I really didn't know what they meant so it's just so I hoped maybe one day I'd move to London and blah 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 that all that that you know so just in terms of geographically and kind of societally that fact that, that I think he would be bemused but but happy but I think I think the thing is now that you know looking looking the other way backwards I sort of think that I, I see how eager I was and how sort of impatient I was, which is, of course, the impatience of youth. It's, it's part of being younger. I mean, I mean, I guess the, the little one would be, gosh, everything seems to be going quite well, you know. But the, me looking back, I would say, like, you know, it's all right. Everything's going to be OK. You know, you're going to there's going to be some uh, road bumps. <laughs> Let me tell you. But actually, you don't have to worry, you know. And I think there's such a lot to worry about when you're when you're young, and especially being an actor about are you good enough? Are you sexy enough? Are you, you know, all whatever, all these things that we're. And I think more so nowadays. I really feel for younger performers because you've got not only have you got to be good at what you do, but you've got to worry about how many followers you have and all these. I see casting things sometimes when I'm producing things or. You know, when you see on a thing that you've been sent that's got names of suggested people and it says how many followers they have on their social media, like that actually affects how people's chances of getting jobs. And that was obviously something that I didn't have to deal with at all. So I do commiserate greatly with younger performers and artists because of all that shit. But actually, I think... um, I would say to myself, it's going to be okay. You know, you're going to be, it's all, it's all turned out quite well. And I think probably my one would say to me, um, you seem kind of familiar, hopefully. (laughs) It's going to be okay. That's the one thing I'm going to take from this. Definitely. Yes, it's going to be okay, William. Alan Cumming, thank you so much for your time. And most importantly, good luck in January. It's very, very exciting for all of us. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm still looking forward to it. Bye Bye bye. You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at elevenpodcast.com or via the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now. And get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org. Because only together we rise. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.